This podcast may contain an excessive amount of intricate detail that may interest only a particular audience. It's Oops! All Necromancers! Welcome back to the table, everyone. I am your DM, Oz the Great and Powerful, and with me at the table are Bug, Finny, Seder Druid. Seder? What's a Seder? C. Madam L, half-elf bard, and perfectly legitimate medium and spiritualist extraordinaire. And Bree. Sorendal, hobgoblin wizard, dread enthusiast. Fantastic. Let's do a quick rundown of what happened last time in Helvetir. After a brief carriage ride, our trio met Lord Tybalt Vanderplume, undersecretary to the Secretary of the Dark Lord of Despater. After proper introductions were made, the party got down to the meat of the matter. The Vanderplume estate is chock full of weird shit going on. During the preparation for the seance, both Finney and Soren discovered the bizarre goings-on from Tybalt's three children, Baldric, Brynhild, and Bartholomew. Lord Tybalt's marital mishaps were discussed, monetary negotiations were had, the butler was questioned, and finally, the seance began. Madame L had perhaps the best slash worst performance of her career as stuffed sharks talked and daggers flew in a shocking display and confirmation was had. Places like Mad Haunted. Finally, Lord Vanderplume fled the situation after some heated words and now it's time to get down to ghost hunting. Yeah, so the room as much as it was before the seance, the... Bullet head is no longer animate. The fire's still going, still rain pounding down on the windows. And every now and again, you hear a, a boom of thunder and see a crack of lightning out the window. Ambiance. What do y'all want to do? Finny immediately goes over to the desk. Because mm-hmm. Finny kept seeing him look over at the desk. And I guess he just starts going through the drawers. If they are unlocked, of course. Okay, go ahead and give me an okay. investigation check. I will say that there is sheets of parchment, just like sitting on the main section of the writing desk, like the main space of it, as well as a inkwell and a quill, or we'll say fountain pen. Seems like you'd be more of a fountain pen. <laughs> yeah, kind of you mean a murderer? Uh, <laughs> Only murderers huh? use fucking fountain pen. <laughs> you said if investigation? You say so. Yes. I got an 18. Okay. Yeah, so you are sort of rifling through his desk, and you find, you know, the normal thing, kind of office supplies. He uh, probably keeps, like, a a bottle of what you presume is some sort of special brandy in the bottom left-hand drawer. And, you know, there's extra sheets of parchment and stuff like that. And then in the bottom right-hand drawer, you sort of tap the bottom of it, and you realize that it doesn't thunk like it should Mm. and with a little bit of work you're able to get a thin shim like maybe you grab the uh the dagger that was stuck in the table and pop open the bottom of the drawer and you find a single sheaf of parchment written in what looks to be infernal Hmm. Wow, Finny finally found his secret compartment. (laughs) Yes! 
I mm-hmm. knew there had to be one around here. All rich people have secret compartments. But do you guys know what this is? I don't, I don't know what this says. I can't read it. Soren, you know exactly what it is because you signed something very similar uh, this morning. Mm-hmm. Madam L is currently looking up at the bolette head and poking it with her cane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's making sure that it's not a problem. And she says, go ahead and bring it over here, Finny. See, the uh, bolette head seems fairly well stuffed, but once again, mm-hmm. completely immobile. And you realize, unlike sharks, smooth both ways. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Finny, Finny hands Madam L the paper. And she kind of holds it up and looks at it down her nose. And she can read Infernal. So it is a kind of standard contract deal. You know, you do this for me, I do this for you. The summary is that for the soul of someone dear to him, he would receive a promotion up to secretary from undersecretary um, under the Duke of Industry. Mm. What a bastard. So sorry, but what? Don't be sorry. He's a bastard. Mm. It does not specify who or what would have to be sacrificed. Just someone dear to him with a devil that I did not give a name. So let's find one real quick. For a promotion. I forgot you can read Infernal. (laughs) You kind of look at the chicken scratch signature and it's a bit hard to read, but then you see that underneath it is clearly printed in spiky infernal and says, Gogmath the Chortler. Ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? Oh, shit. Gogmath. Well, I know Tybalt is currently the undersecretary for the secretary to the... Dark Lord of Dispater. Yes. Yes. And therefore, I know that he hasn't received his promotion. Correct. But would that kind of contract be fulfilled quickly or? It does not specify within the contract on when the promotion would occur. It is dated about a month or so ago. Mm. Suspicious. But there is no clause for him not fulfilling his part, nor is there a specific time frame. Uh, Based on other contracts you've seen, this one is kind of shoddy. Mm. So, who knows if it went through or if maybe whoever he tried to fulfill it with was not uh, nearly as dear to him as he thought, or who knows. I guess you didn't love your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Typically, with contracts, there is, like, a sort of written precedent of if, then, within a certain time frame Mm -hmm. kind of deal but it could absolutely be that, you know, devils are tricksy, mm-hmm. and this contract, which presumably was written by Lord Tybalt, mm-hmm. allows a fair amount of leeway. Okay. Yeah. Is it, has Lord Tybalt signed it? Yes. It is signed by both Lord Tybalt and Gogmath. So, Madame L is looking at this and reading it and holding it up, and she says, People these days just don't know how to write a good contract. Isn't that right, Mr. Soren? Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> I... I, yes, uh, Soren sweats audibly. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, I am beginning to think that you are right in saying that there are a multitude of entities at play here. What's it say? Well... I don't... It's, um, if you're going to read that thing... Out loud, 
Please do it on the other side of the room if you don't terribly mind. You don't have to read it, just what what's in it? Suffice to say, the Lord has agreed to exchange the soul. See, Madam L, these are these are um these are some details that I think I would be better off not knowing. So if you can just skip to the directly pertinent bits about how we expunge this ghost, I think that would be for the best. Of course, Mr. Soren. How do I say? Yeah, sure. Fuck you. Reads it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> that is a Madam L thing to do. You're so mean to him. That's, that's what she just did. Well, I mean, Madam L makes a business out of knowing things about people, so I think she has trouble understanding why you wouldn't want to know the dirt on a lord. <laughs> mm-hmm. Money is important, but this is far more important. She loves the dirt. Mm-hmm. Well, suffice to say, the lord is suspicious in his dealings with his chosen devil, and we should take that into account as we proceed. There may be devilish infernal entities at work here, along with the spirits, along with, did you say the skulk, Mr. Soren? Yes. Um, however, the behavior of this particular skulk is very strange. Typically, they are summoned generally to commit a murder or some other harm against whoever the summoner specifies. But this is a very unusual case. This is not typical behavior for a skulk, but it appears to just be watching over the children, and as far as I can tell, does not mean them any harm. What if, what if she knew something bad was going to happen to her, so she summoned it for the kids? That is a potential option. Madam L, does that contract say he murdered his wife? Don't tell me. I don't. I don't want we to, have know. to know. That's the ghost. You said if it has something to do with the ghost in the house, then you need to know. And that's Dur- something to do with the ghost, because if he murdered his wife, the ghost is his wife. Isn't that right? The contract does not say specifically. Okay. And, Finny, if we are going to suppose that any individual in this house committed a murder, let's be quiet about it, okay? I already pushed the Lord too far earlier. Finny, come here. Put this back where you found it and make sure nothing was out of order. Okay. Mr. Soren, I don't suppose a skulk would inhabit this boulette head? No, they do not possess that capability. Well then, it seems that we ought to figure out what exactly that entity was before we proceed. I'm having trouble imagining it would be Lavinia. The children did mention that they had seen her. Perhaps we should investigate other areas in which the ghost has made itself present? Baldrick said that he saw her above his bed. Then yes, I think we ought to investigate that area and see if we can't make contact with Lavinia. Okay, but how are we going to find his room? (laughs) (laughs) Do we have any contacts for that? No rooms were specifically stated, but mm-hmm. Tibble told you guys to basically just look around. Yeah. So, yeah, you can just sort of search around. Maybe it would be a good idea before we try to go upstairs if I could look through Wallace's eyes and see what Tibble is doing. Mm-hmm. Madam L and 
Soren just see Finny's eyes like glow a green color as as he completely <laughs> just like zones out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that tracks. Finny does not say anything, by the way. He just immediately just starts zoning out with green glowing eyes. <laughs> no warning. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Madame L would even notice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so we will go ahead and cut to Wallace. Is Wallace trying to be sneaky? Yes. Okay. Go ahead and give me a stealth check. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give it an advantage because Wallace is tiny. Tybalt doesn't know anything about Wallace or even that Wallace exists. And a rat is not exactly out of place in a fair amount of households. Uh, 15. So, yeah. You jump into Wallace's view and you can see a sort of dark hallway. There are small gas lamps down the hallway but they seem dimmer than they should be. And seated next to a roaring fire is Tybalt. He's sort of given up on the whole glass of scotch and just has the bottle. <laughs> uh, and it seems like he's just sort of zonked out staring into the fire. And he just sort of gets up after a second and goes to his door and peers out. He doesn't look down, but peers out like he's sort of listening and you hear kind of far off in the distance something moving somewhere above Wallace's head not really sure where just clearly it's above that hallway and then he goes back to the mirror and he's just like they can't know they just they couldn't besides how can they prove I've done anything wrong I hired them they didn't hire me. They don't have any control over this situation. And he just sort of is staring at himself in the mirror and mumbling and every now and again taking a sip. And go ahead and give me a perception check. Okay. 18. You see his eyes sort of bug a little bit and you kind of connect with what he's looking at in the mirror. And there is a... About six foot tall grayish figure looming in the mirror behind him with sort of piercing red eyes. And he immediately takes the bottle of scotch and slams it into the mirror. Oh, shit. Rip. And then goes to hide somewhere. He sort of runs away to the side. And if Wallace peers around the corner, it seems like he jumped into his wardrobe and shut the doors. <laughs> <laughs> the Babadook's and, already in there. <laughs> <laughs> and that is about it. Uh, you can still, once again, sort of hear mumbling from within the wardrobe. But as soon as that mirror shattered, for just a split second, you saw whatever that gray thing was move right before the mirror got hit. And it looked like it was moving away, potentially out of the room. Okay. The... Gray Man had a face that did not seem to fit the body or even, like, the head necessarily. Like, it seemed like the face was wider than the head. Kind of like if you... Mm -hmm. I, this is a gross way to describe it, but it's what my mind thought of, so we'll go with it. Um, if you peeled someone's face off and then put it on just, like, a completely smooth mannequin head... Mm -hmm. Or if you want yeah, to think, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking of like in those fucking what the WWE wrestling games where you can put a personal skin <laughs> on a, a flesh mannequin, and sometimes the photo gets yeah. real stretched out. 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes, kind of round, vaguely punchy cheeks, mm-hmm. a bit more of a bulbous nose that bears some resilience to Bartholomew, Brynhild, and Baldric, mm-hmm. and wrinkles around the corners of the eyes. Okay. Looks like she was, if this is Lavinia, then she was older than Tybalt. I'm assuming that makes a very loud crash. Oh, yeah. You hear the mirror shatter about a minute after Finny wargs out. And I, Finny comes comes back because mm-hmm. he's seen everything Wallace needs to see right now. Yeah. Do you call Wallace back, I assume? I think I'll let him still kind of, like, be watching because the, the spell lasts an hour, so I just might as well. Okay. But, yeah, I come back. My eyes turn back to normal, and I just kind of, like, shake my head and, like, kick my legs a little bit. Woo! Yeah, that's weird every time. Uh, we can address that later. Um, anyone <laughs> curious about, oh, I don't know, um, the very loud crash? Oh, yeah, he saw he saw the gray man. It, oh, sorry, I can see through Wallace's eyes. Uh, Wallace is up there, and he saw the gray man and smashed his mirror. He's hiding in his wardrobe now, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's just a night of surprises, isn't it? Uh, I believe it would be the most prudent course of action if we were to go check on the good Lord Vanderplume. I suppose that would be courteous. Yeah, we... Yeah, why don't we go ahead and do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So you guys exit the study, and once again from that study door to the right is the staircase up to the second floor. Directly across from you is a door that leads somewhere. Presumably the kitchen, because kitchens normally aren't on second floors. And then there is the main set of double doors that leads outside. Once again, rain pounding down on the window. And the dual staircases, suit of armor, that kind of deal. So you guys are going up the stairs? Can I call out to him? Yep. Lord Vanderplume, sorry to uh, disturb you. We heard a terrible crash. Uh, may we come up? Is... Is that you, Soiree? Is there someone else trying to, trying to trick me? <laughs> Perhaps a foul ghost. It, uh, it is uh, Soren, my lord. Um, Soren. Yes, Soiree. Like I said. Yes, it. <laughs> that's that's that is me. Yes. Are are you well? I'm. Yes. I'm well. May we uh, <laughs> come up? Uh, the the ghost shattered my mirror, that's all. Oh, goodness, that could be something we, I guess I look at Madame L while I'm talking, would need to investigate. <laughs> I'm like looking, I'm looking at Madame L and then like back up the stairs, I'm like looking at Madame L. Yeah, I think she'll probably just go ahead and walk up the stairs because I think she feels that we probably have free reign on the house. Mm-hmm. I'll follow after her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Madam L, what's your AC? Uh? Yeah, I figured this would happen. No! Uh, my AC is 13. 13? Okay, that is... No, no, no! All right. So as you walk toward the staircase, you presumably walk towards the right-hand staircase, which is closer to the entrance to the study. As soon as you grab the railing and put one foot on the front step, Mm-hmm. The sword that is laying across the palms of the suit of armor lifts into the air and flies directly at you, sort of end over end. And maybe it was aiming for your head, but 
kind of misjudge things because it was your hat, but it just sort of nicks. Well, I shouldn't say nicks because uh, it dealt four damage. Oh fuck! Uh, Jesus. But Jiminy Crimbos. Sliced your scalp something fierce. Oh. <laughs> oh, and also ruined your hat. Sorry. That's the well, real fuck. tragedy. Yeah, that, that uh, is. And we're that going to go ahead and enter initiative because the sword is animate and you see the suit of armor push itself off its stand and start coming towards you, Sora. Oh, so let's roll fuck me. <laughs> I got a net 20. I did. I'm not kidding. I did too. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I got a five. Oh, no. What is your total with your initiative bonus, Bug and Bree? With my initiative bonus, it is 22. Mine's 23. So top of the order is going to be Soren. Okay. I'm assuming people are fairly distracted by what just happened. I would say okay. so. I would <laughs> assume that uh, Madame L is trying to keep her scalp attached to her head. Uh-huh. Oh so. my god. Okay. Pardon me, Lord Tybalt, but I would recommend you leave the premises immediately. He says, uh, no, I I don't think I will. Uh, this, what the fuck was his accent? Ah, it's gone. Who cares? <laughs> it was just fancy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. And then I can never remember how to do it. You can only do yokels. Yokels only. <laughs> <laughs> Yokelsonly.com. Uh, no, I I don't think I will. Uh, this is my castle, and oh, it's I will castle now. Leave it in a in a coffin. Soren just kind of rolls his eyes and doesn't respond to that. You can also give me a persuasion check if you want. Yeah, I would. Perhaps he will change his mind. I'm gonna give a help action and mm-hmm. yell. Well, your fancy lot. Whoa, there, Porky Pig. Calm down now. Well, your fancy guy's come alive down here and he's got a friggin' sword! Uh, I should not be the one doing this. My charisma is abyss. Oh, I have advantage! Oh, what's that charisma bonus? Oh, it's a negative one. What'd you get? An 11. Well, I'm still not coming down. Okay, Soren. There's glass everywhere. Soren fucking rolls his eyes. Uh, and if nobody's really looking at me, then I'm going to go ahead and take off my right hand glove and touch a different spot on my um, upper left arm. And I'm going to go ahead and cast False mm-hmm. Life on myself. Okie doke. Which, bolstering yourself with a necromantic facsimile of life, you gain 1d4 plus 4 temporary hit points for the duration, which is one hour. Oh, fuck yeah, seven extra hit points. Soren's at double his regular health. Yeah, you feel your skin thicken a bit and your clothes fit a little tighter and also your heart now pumps twice per minute instead of just once. Oh, God, really? This combat's got me the adrenaline really going, huh? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do I still have a move action? Absolutely. Okay, then I back up. Okay, so you want to move, like, towards the front door then? Yes. Away from the armor. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you can easily move to right next to the front door if you want. Mm -hmm. Is there anywhere I could take, like, any kind of cover? Like, stand behind a pillar or some shits? You could hide behind a vase on a stand. I'll do that. Okay. We'll consider it quarter cover. Okay. I don't even know what that even does. I hope you do. (laughs) It does almost nothing for you, but we'll keep it in mind. Oh, sick. Uh, it does more things for you if people are shooting at you, but these won't. Ah, uh, well. Because swords can't shoot, except for when they can. Pew, pew. Gun sword. Mm-hmm. The perfect weapon. Finny, it is your turn. 
Okay. Spooky sword, spooky armor. <laughs> See, what is Madam L's hit points at right now? Six. Six. Yeah, she's not looking so hot. That's one below my maximum. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I should save cure wounds. Maybe he, the sword man will hurt us more. You could throw a fireball at a sword. Yeah. I'll try it. I don't know if it'll do anything, but you know. That's some D&D shit. You could do that. Throw a fucking fireball at it. So, yeah, I'm going to use Produce Flame to throw a ball of fire at, at the sword. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. Rolled a hit. I rolled a 17. That'll hit on the nose. Well, if it had a nose. Uh, go ahead and roll your damage. Okay. Well, I mean, we could have just picked wherever the nose of a sword is. Anywhere you like. Three. You... Hit it just right with fireball. There must have been some sort of fault in the blade, and the tip of the sword snaps off, but there's still plenty left of it. Well, at least it can't poke you. But you get for fucking mm. buying your swords at Home Goods. <laughs> Cheap swords made to look fancy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. With that, we jump down to the sword. Sword is not happy. It's going to go ahead and float over to you, Finny, oh, fuck. and. Try and stab you through the no! guts with its broken bit. Oh my guts! Jagged! <laughs> ah, it flies at you, and maybe it just. Well, who knows? It's a sword. Who knows if it has thoughts? Who knows if it has any sort of personhood? Anyway, long and short of it is that it slams into the doorframe next to your head because it did poorly. And by poorly, I mean if it would have had a crit fell, I would have just had it break itself. <laughs> It got a two on the dime. So close to destruction. Which takes us to our friend, the armor, who does a 20 hit. I don't want it to, is the thing. So that's a yes. So it lumbers over to you and just sort of grabs the vase nearby and smashes it over your head, oh. dealing five <laughs> oh bludgeoning gosh. damage. Fuck! And then it flexes a little bit. God damn it. <laughs> What's funny is, because this is a halfling-sized suit of armor, it's like three feet tall. <laughs> Madamel, that is your turn. So Madamel, it got sliced in the head, and her hat got tore up, and I, I think mm. she's probably kind of holding her face uh, in disbelief. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, there's like blood coming down the side of her face at this point. I feel like this is the first time that Madame L has probably got seriously hurt in her life. Uh, perhaps, yeah. To be perfectly honest, I don't know if she's fully processed everything that's going on. I don't really think she's processed that this is a real haunting. Mm-hmm. The sword is is kind of in between her and Finny at this point, I believe. Correct. Okay. Basically, yeah. And I think she would... She's leaning on the the banister. Mm -hmm. And she says kind of in disbelief, well, I've seen better special effects at a haunted house. <laughs> and uh, she casts vicious mockery at the sword. Okay. You're making fun of the sword. <laughs> Make um, fun of a sword. Neg the sword. What <laughs> is my saving throw for that? I'll pull it up right now. Oh I want to say it's charisma. Yes. I think it's wisdom, actually. Yeah, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that flying swords are not very smart. They're not very worldly, and they're not very charismatic. 
no joke, it just got a nat 20. What the hell? I'm not kidding. This is too much power. And perhaps it's because it can't actually hear, or perhaps it is because it is simply a sword. (laughs) Your vicious mockery does nothing. Would it have taken psychic damage anyway? I'll never tell. Regardless, it does not seem to have any sort of effect. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's it for my turn then. So, top of the order, uh, Soren is your turn. By the way, right at the end of all this going on, Tybalt yells, Was that my ancient Nethraxi vase? Well, I told you! I told you your fancy man's alive and he's hitting us! The... the what? The fancy man! Lord Vanderplume, <laughs> typically I would tell you to stay away from this, but perhaps you might look down the staircase and see exactly what is going on here. Real quick, can I make an investigation check and see if that vase is real? Just from your base investigation, mm-hmm. uh, you see that perhaps on one of the shards at the bottom of it, mm-hmm. there is a stamp that is familiar to you from one of the small villages in the Thraxel in which they make replicas. In, oh, in which they make replicas? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sorry, Lord, but it was a fake. How dare you? <laughs> and you hear what sounds like a wardrobe door opening. Oh, that's what it took. We had to question this man's wealth. <laughs> oh, that's how it be. So this suit of armor is all up on me, yeah? Mm-hmm. Considering you're crouched down behind a stand for a vase, it is about eye level with you. Okay. Yeah, okay. Then I am going to take a disengage option and hope that it follows me. Okay. So basically with this, you, I don't know, maybe throw down the stand on it and get his limbs tangled up for a second so you Mm -hmm. can get away. Mm -hmm. But that would be your action to stop it from attacking you. Okay. Okay. Uh, Then I try to go out the front door. Am I close enough to do so? Oh, yeah. You're right by the front door. Yeah. Um, then I'm, I guess I'm trying to, like, sort of mm-hmm. keep it on me and back up out the front door while, uh, I guess, unslinging my crossbow from my back. Yeah, you uh, go ahead and slam down that stand onto it so it's tangled up, mm-hmm. and you back up to the door while retrieving your crossbow from your back. Mm-hmm. And you reach your hand behind you, and you grab the handle, mm-hmm. and you try and push down on it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't move. <laughs> no! Problem! What? We can't. We can't leave. (laughs) Okay, then yeah, I guess I'll stop uh, when I get to the door because I was expecting to go through it, so I'd be pretty startled. Okay, moving to the door basically only moves you five feet away. Oh, okay. Do you want to continue to circle around back towards the left-hand staircase? Yeah, if I can, because I could also try to get a height advantage. Yeah, okay, then that's what I'll do. Yeah, you basically get to the foot of the staircase, and that is your turn. Okay, thank you. Finny, your turn. Okay. Sword tried to attack you. So the sword's stuck in the wall still? That is correct. At this point, it is wiggling, looking like it's trying to get free. How far away from it am I? I mean, it is directly next to you at head height, embedded in the doorframe. Okay, well, I think I'm just going to turn around and grab the handle and just, like, hold it in the wall. Oh, you're going to grapple the sword. Yes, yeah, and they're hold grappling it still the sword to the to the frame. Like, okay. hold it so it is still so sticking into it. I need you to make 
a athletics check that is going to be opposed by the sword to see if you can successfully oh, grapple it. Fuck, my I have a negative one athletics. All right, I am small. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're a perfectly oh, optimized party. No, <laughs> got a three. <laughs> the sword goes. Well, it doesn't say anything because it's a sword, but you try and grasp its handle and it just sort of wiggles and then pops out of the wood and is now basically pointed directly above your head. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, that is your action. Uh -huh. You can try and move, but it will get an attack of opportunity on you if you move. I don't think I'm going to because you said it's pointed up directly above my head mm -hmm. so hopefully mm -hmm. I'm just gonna stay as still as fucking possible and hope that it has bad aim it can't see yes. you if you don't move mm -hmm. exactly T-Rex rules mm -hmm. <laughs> T-Rex sword that's rules. how swords work yeah that's how animate swords work yep alright let's see if Tybalt can navigate these shards of broken glass without I don't know fucking accidentally dying and making us all get in trouble <laughs> I'm gonna be mad as fuck if this guy dies. You hear, ah, oh, my feet, my poor little feet, <laughs> the glass shards. And that is all you hear from upstairs. <laughs> uh, it, it, and there's... there's a thump. Oh, they're in my feet and in my buttocks. No. <laughs> Okie dokie, it's sword time. So the sword's going to oh, try and plunge straight down and... Good lordy, that is a 20 total. That's Ooh. going to hit you, Finny. I'm no. sure. No! Nine damage? Guys, i that's my whole hit points. No! That's all of it. No! As it makes good on its threat and I guess just jams straight down into your collarbone. Oh, oh my fuck. god. It knocks you down. You're you're down. I, you're bleeding out. I can't. I have nothing for you, Finny. Right. I'm sorry. I can. <laughs> I have decent medicine. I think. Please give me my turn. <laughs> <laughs> please give me my turn. <laughs> DM, please let me have my turn. Alrighty, it is armor time. Yeah. Mm. No, that's fine. It. Maybe its legs get caught up on the entranceway rug and it just sort of starts running towards you, uh, Soren, mm -hmm. and slips up on the rug and lands helmet first on the ground. Mm -hmm. But it is now prone because, <laughs> big surprise, it rolled a one. Ooh. So it's flopped on the ground in front of you. Madame L, that is your turn. Okay. So Madame L sees Finny down. Uh, I think it, uh -huh. it kind of might click with her now that things are serious. Mm -hmm. A child's Because well, I'm dying? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she will kind of compose herself and you you hear a, like a ch-chink sound. And um, mm -hmm. out from her cane, she pulls a sword. And mm -hmm. I, I, she's just going to go ahead and try to attack that sword and get it off Finny. Yep, do it to it. Uh, it's going to be your dexterity bonus and your proficiency bonus to hit. Because you're proficient with a rapier, which is what technically your sword cane is. Yeah, she gets a 23. Hot damn, that's nice. going to do it. Dang. 
Uh, that's just four damage. Okay. Yeah, you uh, take a stab at it, and it really seems like maybe the sword was rusted out, or maybe it was just made improperly. As you pierce through the, maybe it wasn't actually steel, but something else, and punch a big old hole in it, and it seems to be moving a little slower, like it's a little less animate than it was previously. Okay, it's not dead, though? No, it is still going. Okay, and then I'm going to use my bonus action and bardic inspiration, Finny, who's on the floor. Cool. And I think that will kind of take the form of me uh, kind of shaking him. And she Is Madame El going to show emotion? <laughs> <laughs> she kind of shakes Finny and says, Finnegan, you can't die now. You, you, you are my first protege. You're oh getting blood God. on the floor. <laughs> We don't get blood on the client's floor. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, cool. Top of the order, Soren. Okay, this is real bad. But this you said Spooky this armor, suit of unhappy armor with you. it is prone, correct? Yes it is. Um Which means you have advantage on attack rolls and it also doesn't threaten you because it's prone. Yeah, the thing is is that I really want to get over to Finny. Uh, it also has disadvantage on attack rolls. So if you decide to move away from it, not a big deal. Yeah. Is Finny on the lower part of... Finny is down on the right-hand side by the entry door to the study. Okay. Then, yeah, I guess as soon as I see that Finny goes down and the suit of armor is prone, then I am going to rush over to Finny. Okay. I guess look at Madame L, kind of like point over my back at the suit of armor. Which is now spinning on the ground because it tried to grab your ankle as you went past and <laughs> just sort of slipped on your boot, but <laughs> caught just enough to gain momentum, so it's now spinning in a circle on its breastplate. Uh, I guess I'm going to look at Madame L and say, I need you to handle that for a moment, and I'm going to make a medicine check on Finny. Try to stabilize cool. that bad boy. I mean, it's a skill check, but it's a crit fail. We don't do crit fails or crit successes on skill checks. Oh. Okay. So you do not succeed. That's all. Finny's bleeding something fierce. Okay. And I, it feels like you ran over and had a look and went, oh, that's so much blood. How can a kid have so much blood? <laughs> and you know that you cannot stitch together a wound in under six seconds. No. Okay. Young Finnegan. Yes. Give me a death saving throw. And remember. Oh, wait. Yeah. What's Bardic Inspiration do for me? Uh, you get a D6 to add to it. Okay. Yes. That's very good. Okay. It is. Before you roll that, go ahead and roll. Remember a 10 and above, you've succeeded. A nat 20 is complete success. These are the rules I personally use because I think it's more fun. Complete success and one hit point and you're awake. A nat 1 is two failures. Okay. Well, I got... I got a seven. Yeah, so, so we're going to roll the D6. I got a 12. That is one success. Yeah, I think Finny hears Madame L's voice and is like, oh no, she's going to be so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> You've been shamed and into life. <laughs> maybe it touches some sort, of, some sort of that latent magic that makes you what you are, starts to knit the wound a little bit, and the torrent of blood now becomes... More of a, we'll say, steady stream. Okay. It's a little better, but not quite. You're still staining the carpet. 
my god. That's never yeah, coming but out. Less so. Alrighty, it is sword time. Ooh, the sword has its pick of targets. Yes, it does. So the sword that's still sort of just hanging pendulously in the air above Finny wiggles a little bit and swings towards you, Soren, and maybe it's just some sort of train kicking in, or maybe you were prepared for it, keeping an eye on it while you were having a eye or a look at Finny's wound. Mm-hmm. But you just sort of hold up an arm mm-hmm. and it doesn't cut you. Mm-hmm. In fact, it doesn't even cut through your clothes. It just sort of clangs off, which is not how arms normally work. But it is how they work when you have mage armor. <laughs> All right, let's see if Tybalt can successfully get off his ass and start heading towards you guys. I just, we're going to kill all these things before he even gets here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill him when he gets down here. <laughs> you hear a, another thump from the uh, second floor, and then you hear, Oh, no. There's some sort of ectoplasm. Oh, no, my butt. My butt, my legs, and my feet. So much glass. What a wimp. (laughs) And that's Tybalt's turn. (laughs) All right. So that armor's going to go ahead and stand up. And it's going to start ambling towards you guys. And it just sort of... It half gets up and then just sort of scuttles, and you see the rug slide under it a little bit. <laughs> and like some sort of overgrown, overfiligreed beetle, it scuttles its way towards you guys and stands up, and that's its turn. Madame L, it's your turn. Small child, dying. Madame L will say to Soren, Yes, all right, I will handle the armor. If you could go ahead and tend to Finny, I'm sure you can handle that. That counts as bardic inspiration for for Madame L. I think Madame, cool. Madame L's bardic inspiration is just going to be backhanded compliments. <laughs> uh, oh, good. <laughs> and then she will grasp her cane sword again and, and just kind mm-hmm. of throw herself at the suit of armor. I think she's beyond any uh, etiquette at this point. Okay. Yeah. Roll a hit. Oh, uh, that's only a six. That is not going to do it. I think you try and stab it, Mm -hmm. and there's sort of a male coat that seems to be under this armor, kind of like, you know, the the chainmail head coverings that then extends down to a full, like, chainmail tunic. Mm -hmm. And I think you just bust one of the links, but then you poke through to nothing, and it just sort of angles the helm down a little bit, and then just pushes itself off, and seems to be unaffected. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you do notice that Normal chainmail doesn't bust that easy. Okay. <laughs> and you kind of notice that this suit of armor is not nearly as uh, fancy and or well put together as it seemed at first glance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to have rusted in spots, and you can see that the inside is fairly messed up. Aesthetic mm-hmm. chainmail for mm-hmm. aesthetics. Yes. <laughs> Gas station yes, chainmail. It definitely <laughs> seems like. Perhaps it used to be a nice suit of armor, but it's definitely not been cared for. Maybe it wasn't as quality as, uh, like many things in this household, Sir Tybalt thought it was. So, Okay, I don't think I have any other things I can do. Nope, that is it for now. Top Theodore, Soren. I guess I'm 
like, kind of over Finny right now, and I guess, like, I put a hand on his neck and, like, I'm trying to check his pulse, and I sort of, mm -hmm. hey, hey, Finny, we're gonna get you through this. We're gonna, you're gonna pull through, okay? So just try to stay with me, all right? And I guess I'll just, like, rip off a piece of my cloak and try to staunch Finny's horrible bleeding wound. Yep, go ahead with that medicine check. 14 plus 17 for the medicine check. You are good. It seems like the bit of your cloak that you've got on there is, it's a good woolen cloak. Mm -hmm. It's uh, soaking up the blood nicely, and you see Finny's eyelids sort of flutter a bit and then close. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I guess I just make sure that Finny's still, still breathing. Still breathing. Okay. I guess it feels like I've got his wound at the very least not actively gushing blood yep. all over the place. I guess I'm going to turn around and focus attention on the sword because it's close to me. Ready to pertwang an arrow at him. Mm -hmm. Finnegan, it's your turn. Yes. Go ahead and roll. See if you get that nat 20. So I'm stabilized now. You are fully stabilized due to the medicine check, but the nat 20, perhaps there will be some sort of... Let's cross our fingers. Magical healing. Nope. Eight. Well, still knocked out. Oh, well. All right. Tybalt's going to see if he can finally get off his ass. You hear, it sounds kind of like nails scratching against some sort of rug. <laughs> and you hear, oh, I'm coming. Here comes Tybalt to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, you glance up at the top of the steps and see nothing. All right. Sword time. Sword's going to... Does a 12 hit, Soren? No. Okay. Once again, the sword swings at you, and you, in some sort of Iron Man-esque fashion, just sort of bounce it off your forearm like you have a bracer on. It stings a bit, but other than that, you're fine. It's totally normal. It's just my regular normal skin. Mm-hmm. Time for the armor. So, the armor, once again sort of lunges at you, Madame L, mm -hmm. and tell you what, this damn rug <laughs> slips and falls prone, and yeah, you see that it just busts one of the gauntlets off of it. Okay. Fucking clown shoes suit of armor. Its worst enemy <laughs> is this mm -hmm. rug. Is it my turn now? Uh, yes, it is. It is now prone, so you would have uh, advantage on attack rolls on it. Just a heads up. I have a question for you, Oz. Uh-huh. Is there a chandelier? Yes, there is. <laughs> are we directly under the chandelier? No. So, see, you guys are over by the door. The chandelier is basically over the stand where uh, the armor was. Unfortunately, you cannot one-hit KO it by knocking a chandelier onto it. <laughs> uh -huh. Funny, but no. Okay, so Madame L, realizing that the chandelier can't come into play and she has no spells that don't deal psychic damage, um, she's going to go ahead and attack the armor's legs with her cane sword. Go for it. Remember, you have advantage. That is a 20, not natural. Ah, uh, dirty 20. Yeah, that'll hit. That is a 6 damage. Okay. You take and just jam it directly into the back of the knee connection there and twist. And it pops a little loose, but not completely off. But it seems like this thing's 
not doing so hot. I mean, it's down one limb. Another seems to be partially disabled. Seems like another good whack or two would probably finish it off. Mm-hmm. Okay, top of the order, Sorin. It's a sword. Well, then I'm gonna shoot at it. With a fucking crossbow. Cool. Why not? Ooh, hachi machi, that's gonna hit. That is a 22 to hit. Yes, that'll do it. E6. That's a 7. So, 9 damage. You uh, plink an arrow at mm-hmm. it, and... God, this still has to be riddled with flaws or something, mm-hmm. because you split it down the middle. Yeah. God damn. It is disanimated. Unanimated. Regardless, it's no longer moving or floating, mm-hmm. so you reckon you're probably safe. Uh, it is Finnegan's turn. So I roll again? Yep. Let's see if you get a 20. There we go. Come on. 13. <laughs> mm. So you are no longer conscious, and you see before you a vast bluish something. And you look down, and there's nothing below your feet. It seems like perhaps you're having a look into the other side. Oh, cool. Great. Cool. Let's see if Tibble can get anywhere. This man is useless. Oh, that's not too bad. Okay, so my feet don't hurt anymore. Are you guys okay? I haven't heard anything from you in a minute. You see him sort of hobble around the corner at the top of the stairs. Um, there's a child dying on your front door. Yes, there's <laughs> oh, a problem. Oh, no. <laughs> my sword. Oh, my God. I'm going to fucking, I don't even <laughs> care anymore. Oh, and also the child. Oh, no, that's not good. <laughs> Hold on. There's Duncan keeps something in his room. I'll. I'll see what I can find. I'm going to fucking threaten this man with so much bodily harm. And he hobbles to I the can't. top of the stairs, uh, getting ready to descend, and that's his turn. I can't. All right. It is the armor's turn. It is still prone. Uh, it's going to have some difficulty standing. So let's see what it can do. It gets up on one knee and is going to try and... Grab onto you, Madam L. Mm, no such luck. You hear something pop and sort of ricochet around the room. It seems like a rivet busted out of that leg. And it falls prone again. So it is your turn, Madam L. I think Madam L is just going to try to neutralize this threat then. So she's going to attack the suit of armor one more time. And I still have advantage. Yes. That is a... 14. That'll do it. And that is five damage. You jab straight down into the space between the helmet and the back plate, and the helmet pops off, but the chainmail cowl underneath is still in the shape of something that seems to have a head, and you see it just twist 180 like it's some sort of invisible face looking up at you. Hmm as it keeps scrabbling to try and get up (laughs) with its one arm and one disabled leg. You're getting it there. Mm -hmm. It's just being done piecemeal. So, top of the order, Soren. I'm going to reload my crossbow and shoot at this armor. Uh, So that's going to be a six total. No. 
you shoot a bolt and it goes wide and uh, embeds itself in the base of the banister of the right-hand staircase. Finnegan, it is your turn. Let's try again. No, 14. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, He sees a couple sort of whitish orbs rocket past, seemingly going forward ahead of him on a path that curves down and to the left and starts feeling himself being inexorably dragged forward. Uh, Finny is pretty freaked out. Mm-hmm. All right, Tybalt's turn. He's going to go ahead and descend that staircase. Just hold on a minute. I think that Duncan has some sort of tincture in his room. I'll be just a moment, and you see him run down the left-hand staircase and around the edge of the staircase towards the base of the stairs, and you hear a door open back that way. Okie doke. The armor's going to try and swipe at you, Madamel. I'm prone, because why would it get up? That went so poorly last time. Okay. A tin's not going to hit, is it? No. Nah, I didn't think so. It takes a swipe at your feet and once again just sort of succeeds in maybe scuffing your boot top, and that's about it. My boots. (laughs) (laughs) Not my boots. Perhaps it's done more damage to you by scuffing your boots than by actually hurting you. Who knows? (laughs) Madamel, it's your turn. Okay. Well, we're just going to keep on smacking it. (laughs) (laughs) Is it still prone? Yeah. That is a 18. That'll hit. Come on, you got this. Well, I mean, last episode was, you know, like Evil Dead, and this episode is Scooby-Doo. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Scooby-Doo, but a child's dying. I feel like it's still Evil Dead. Well, yeah, no, you're right. It's now Evil Dead 2. Oh, no. Um, That was five more damage. Okay. Madam L, finish this Suit of armor. You've scuffed my boots and you've destroyed my hat. This is enough. And she'll kind of stab it in its ghostly head, but then Mm -hmm. kind of kick down into its torso to kind of crush it and shatter it. Your boot goes right through the back plate, which it really shouldn't because it seems like this is, you know, a breastplate. It's presumably solid Mm -hmm. steel. And it just sort of crumbles underneath your boot. Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Tybalt comes out of the back room and goes, Oh, my my officer's armor and my sword. I see you've destroyed them. Um, Did perhaps my military history offend you or... Can I walk up to him and like just try to grab whatever's in his hand out of his hand? Sure. Yeah, let's go ahead and do opposed athletics. Uh, he is very drunk. Yeah, so I don't expect like, this is going to be very hard. Stumbling drunk. You see that his feet are bleeding slightly. There's <laughs> oh a God. egregiously large shard of mirror that's sort of sticking out of his right buttock. <laughs> what a mess of a man. Yeah, I got a nine. Yeah, well, he, no joke, rolled a five. Oh, six. Yeah, six on the die. He has a minus one All strength. All right, then I'm fucking snatching that shit. It's... A nice reddish fluid, mm-hmm. like a, a bright uh, cartoon heart red. Mm-hmm. And you see that, in fact, there is a small symbol of a heart on a label on the bottle. 
you reckon perhaps it is some sort of healing okay. potion. So does Finny need to drink it or do I apply it to his wound? Can be poured on the wounds or can be drunk. Completely up to you. Doesn't uh, matter. Then I'll probably just pour it on his wounds because I don't want him to choke to death. Finny, you had felt a tugging sensation pulling you forward. And all of a sudden, it feels like a hook is put through your spine and is pulling you directly backward, and you jolt awake. <coughs> uh, Finny? <coughs> what? What? Eye contact. Can you uh, make eye contact with me, please? And then Finny, Finny looks at Soren, but then out of the corner of his eye, sees his brand new cape that was gifted to him covered in blood, and starts to tear up and say, My cape! (laughs) Uh, Wallace scrambles down the stairs and climbs up onto your tummy, Finny, and is just sort of... Wallace! Tittering at you. And then I look at Madame L, and I say, I'm so sorry, Madame. Can, Can we clean my cape? Finnegan, I have, I have five of those. You can have another one. What? <laughs> well, I have seven. <laughs> <laughs> you want us to murder him? What an asshole! So, Madame L, she will whip her sword up at him and say, "Listen here, you belligerent little man. I am a woman of etiquette. I am a woman of high standards." And what you have invited us into is no normal haunting. Nowhere in your description did you say that suits of armor were coming to life, that swords were flying through the air. Well, madam, to be fair... My protege nearly died. Madam, to be fair, none of my children have almost died, and also I've never seen the armor do that. Quite scary. Mm -hmm. Can I roll an intimidation check? (laughs) Yeah, I was about... Absolutely, you can. Getting ready to... I stand up. I'll give Madame L a help action on this. Madame L got a 22. Hot damn, and he's like... Yes, of course, Madame. Yep, I... Is... Is there anything that would perhaps help? My apologies, um... I've never seen it do that before, but if there's... Why don't you tell the truth? Anything you need... I, I'm sorry, small child. Tell the truth? You're lying about something. We found your document. Sorry, madam. I know we're not supposed to talk about this. We is a word that... You know what? Never mind. Did you... What docu... Fawny, was it? (laughs) Fawnled? Fawnled! Fawnled. Let me assure you, whatever document you think you found... Did you go through my things? Well, yeah, I couldn't read it, but Madam read it, didn't you? Didn't you, Madam? <sighs> Christ. <laughs> I think she would kind of compose herself a little bit, um, even though there's mm-hmm. still blood, like, dripping down her face. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she would look at him with this blood dripping down her face and kind of smile and say, My Lord Tybalt, you know how children are. They... They get into things that they shouldn't. They learn things that they shouldn't learn. They tell people these things, and, and word gets out, and it's it's quite dreadful. It, sure, yes, the children talk. Um, 
you... <sighs> yes, there was perhaps a certain contract. Yes, maybe the contract did involve some untoward behavior. And yes, perhaps because of the contract, which didn't even work, by the way, I incurred the wrath of some sort of specter or poltergeist. But frankly, that's why I paid you. So my document is neither here nor there. And who are they to believe? Me or some sort of bloody urchin? Well, you didn't pay her enough. Finnegan is certainly right about that. But in any case, you have to understand that I am simply trying to read the fine print of this situation. One does not sign a contract. One does not begin a job without understanding the full scope of the job. You must understand that as a citizen of Helvetir. Well, yes, fine, sure. Maybe I took advantage of the situation. <laughs> fine, yes. What do you request in payment? Because, well, you guys can leave at any point and just leave me here. You have your 50 golden. No. As a matter of fact, we can't. What? I walk up to the front door. I'm, like, looking at him the whole time. I've, like, very, very exaggerated grabbed the front door handles and pull. Anything happen? Of course it doesn't, because the door seems to be fused shut. And as soon as you pull on it, you hear a crack of thunder outside. Almost immediately after a flash of light, you reckon that bolt was pretty close. Hi everyone, C here. And Bug. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to stay up to date on our release schedule, or maybe check out some character designs and music, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at All Necromancers. The biggest thing folks can do to support us right now is to share our podcast with their friends. And if you feel so inclined, rating and reviewing our show on Apple Podcasts goes a long way toward ensuring we're not lost in the algorithm. All of that said, we'll be back next week. See you then. Thank you.